Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your fellow co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at Believe Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. That more now includes football. How exciting. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. John, another thing that started this week was officially the college football season. And I don't know about you, but that was, that just felt so good. It did. I wanted a lot more. I wasn't ready for it to be only a couple games. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's like when you're, you know, the uh, you go to Benihana and you have the rice and the onion boat and you're like oh that was fun they should do more things like that and 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 you just keep coming back for more Mm -hmm. and guess what's coming up next what's next is the guy cutting up the shrimp and hitting the the shrimp tails at you from across the giant stove because we fun it's here unreal well there was a few things to talk about we um there were a couple games we wanted to chat about from week zero indeed you watched uh, the entire. Well, first of all, really quickly, uh, administrative note. Yeah. I'm um, sorry, sorry, folks, for missing last week. Uh, I, I had a second child, and so <laughs> I couldn't negotiate bringing the uh, mic to the hospital. So we put it on pause for a week. Thank you for uh, bearing with us. Not for a lack of effort, John. Let's be clear. The the we we were at one point. <laughs> doing some scheduling conversations and i believe i was like hey man i think you have every right to just go to the hospital we can we'll do this next week i'm sure the people will understand it's it's true you talk some sense to me so uh, <laughs> you parent brain it's okay but congratulations very selfish but congratulations thank you so much well uh for what it's worth uh we brought our first home the day michigan state beat michigan in 2020 so I, I, there was a bad season, but a really good thing happened. So I'm thinking uh, win is definitely in the books. Ah, there you heard it here first, folks. Guaranteed. But, but uh, anyway, back to with zero results. There were a couple of ranked games. Uh, one game in Dublin, Ireland, because week zero's just got to be weird. You know, it just yep. it's got to be as weird as possible. Navy took on Notre Dame. Notre Dame in a route, 42 to three. I think the takeaway here is Sam Hartman is nice. Notre mm-hmm. Dame is nice, um, but I feel like they do this every year. They're just really flirty and cute. And then like, but are you for real? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I mean, so I agree with that. everything that you just said. I think the difference this year is that the reason they're flirty and nice is because they have a quarterback. Yeah, And that's different than, I, I don't know, any Notre Dame team in quite some time. I mean, you yeah. know. Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine weren't exactly lighting the world on fire last year. Uh, before that, I'm even trying to remember who they they had. Um, Ian Book, like yeah. 
again, even when that, those teams made, I think, the college football playoff, everyone's like, okay, but they don't have a quarterback. They have a quarterback this year. I mean, make no mistake, uh, Sam Hartman could have easily gone to the NFL. And again, when you look at who was drafted where, you know, the Lions taking a 25-year-old uh, Hendon Hooker who coming mm-hmm. off a torn ACL in the fourth round, you're telling me that Sam Hartman of, you know, a very mm-hmm. successful yep. career in Wake Forest isn't getting drafted somewhere in that same region, if not before, you know. So he he had that talent all the time. And I, I don't know, I watch most of this game because I'm a sicko, but I, he looked – absolutely in control now again it's it's navy to be very clear it is navy but i mean again if you're going to cash in and and have one thing propel you to higher places in college football it's having a great quarterback and and they might lose some games because i don't know how good their defense is and i don't know how good their offensive line actually is besides joe alt but um Hartman's not going to be the reason why. So, yeah, I think they're going to be friskier than than people expected. That upstart program in South Bend, Lord knows they need yeah. the attention. Um, <clears throat> then the game everyone actually wanted to watch, San Jose State at USC, featuring Heisman uh, winner and candidate Caleb Williams. It was must-see TV, but you couldn't watch it because Larry Scott – had a deal where you can only watch it on Will Hunter's refrigerator. <laughs> I remember he tweeted that a couple of years ago. He like I, actually I'll never forget it. I was truly one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, in this game, U.S. I mean, it was if you're a USC fan, this game should send you into an absolute panic because <laughs> yes. while it's the same incredible Caleb Williams, four touchdown passes, almost 300 yards, making it look easy. Uh, You've got electric receiving talent and the true freshman, Zachariah Branch, Taj Washington, Arizona transfer, Dorian Singer scoring a touchdown. Good running backs, top to bottom. Offense is going to be right up there with just about everybody. You gave up 28 points to San Jose State. Mm -hmm. You gave up three passing touchdowns to Siobhan Cordero, who might be good. I have no idea. The fact of the matter is, I've never heard of him. Let's be careful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But they gave up 100 yards rushing to Quali Conley, including a 57-yard run. Cordero busted off a 28-yarder. Their third string, or their their third leading rusher in the game, scored a touchdown and had a 20-yard run. Alex Grinch's offense, or excuse me, defense, it rem- I don't know. He's got something on Lincoln Riley. I don't know yep. what it is, but there's a hard drive somewhere with Lincoln's name written on it. And uh, it's, it's probably in an envelope with like CNN's address written on the front of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Crazy uh, <laughs> otherwise, I can't explain how he's how he's still got a job. So, I mean, USC, again, they're 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 lucky. The Pac-12 is better this year. Uh, actually has some really quality teams, especially at the top. But um you got to expect this to come back and bite him at some point. I think it's really funny that USC bought Oklahoma and, <laughs> and then are mad at the results. It's like, <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? Like, that's it. You bought yeah. that product. This is what Oklahoma did forever under Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch. So it's like, how can you be mad? But um, at least it was entertaining for him. Um, Absolutely. So, it's the best yeah. way to have a bad team. Just exactly. I, I would, 
I mean, we've watched some bad teams with great defenses, and <laughs> that's a. I would say that's harder. I don't know. Is that harder to watch than a crazy offense and just miserable defense? I've never been on that side of the ball, but right. I can say that I'm pretty certain I would enjoy it more. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, ask Iowa fans. <laughs> we should give them a yeah. ring. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, nothing too surprising in week zero, but uh, we, football is back and uh, we're glad to have it. So, this week we have just a, a meal uh, with an appetizer starting as early as Thursday. We have Florida at Utah with yeah. the Utes, uh, six and a half point faves. What do you think? Yeah, this is what's well, tough, man. This has, that's as grueling. I mean, I know it went the other way last year, but where Anthony Richardson had his big kind of coming out party, but grueling trip for Florida. I mean, Utah is yep. a long ways to go. You got elevation to deal with. Um, I think the key here, well, and also a lot of new faces. I mean, they lost Anthony Richardson from a team that I think won six or seven games to begin with. Um, Billy Napier's done a great job of adding talent through recruiting, and then I think they they hit the portal for a couple of players as well, if I recall correctly. Um, but I mean, they lost Osiris Torrance on the offensive line, so a lot of a lot of things, big important things to replace. But um, Florida, obviously, always talented. The real X factor here is I was reading something today where there's some rumblings about whether uh, Utah quarterback Cam Rising is going to actually be available for this game. Well, it'll be 100%. That, if you're a Utah fan, is enough to scare you a lot. Um, because he is he's one of those dudes, he's the captain of the this guy's still in college, all-stars this year, I think. The, uh, yeah, the Aaron Craft all-stars, but football edition. <laughs> That's that's worrisome. It's worrisome. I think ultimately, I think I, I'm sticking with Utah because again, home field advantage. You've had all yep. off season to prepare. Uh, Graham Mertz, I believe, is going to be the starter for Florida. So yep. yeah, it, you'll have a you'll have a a blast. You you'll barely be able to tell him and Anthony Richardson apart, Florida fans. Oh uh, <laughs> so it'll be an adventure. But I think I think Utah's got this one. Um, just because of where it is and where it's been, you know, I just feel like that makes a big difference. Okay. Uh, obviously, we'll save uh, Michigan State's game for which takes place Friday night for last. But then Saturday, uh, Colorado heads to TCU. I couldn't tell you if TCU is good or not. I know they lost some of their best players, but and they were so surprising last year, and they won a bunch of games that they shouldn't have or. or we're on the right side of the ball however many times in one possession games. And, you know, they're probably rightly ranked here at 17 because of all those question marks. At the end of the day, they made the national championship. I think no matter what, they are a hugely uh, overmatched uh, for Colorado. Yeah. But I, I don't know if TCU is for real. I think- I, it's, it's way too early to say if they're for real. I think the there's two sides of this. It, it's a fascinating matchup. Colorado has like 70, I'm like not even really exaggerating, like 70 new players from last year's route. That's like, it's got to be the most turnover of all time by a very wide margin. It's insane. Um, Now, some of those dudes are very, very good players. I mean, you're talking Shadur Sanders, you know, Dion's son uh, was very good at Jackson State at quarterback. Um, 
the 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 cream of the crop is Travis Hunter, who was the number one recruit in the country just one year ago. Uh, you know, if you look at the guys that they've taken, they're almost unanimously uh, from big programs, Clemson, Bama, Georgia. I mean, all these types of programs. I think Georgia snuck one in there. Um, I think Sneaky, the best player they actually may have gotten, is gonna, aside from Hunter, is going to be Alton McCaskill, the running back from Houston, who was awesome at Houston for quite some time. The thing here is it's not a lack of talent. It's just a wild experiment that we've never really seen before. And I also think people are letting kind of the shiny toys get in the way of the skill position, the secondary. Yep. Along the lines, added a lot of players. Listen, these great players don't transfer from great programs for no – or like they don't transfer for no reason, right? Like if they weren't playing – and these are guys that weren't starring at their universities – there's a reason why they're looking for homes elsewhere. So not to say that they're not talented guys, but it's not like you're, you know, stealing all five stars. So it's, and it's just such a wild experiment. TCU has a lot of new faces too. Like you said, um, new quarterback, probably going to be Chandler Morris. They actually brought in, I think, seven or six new transfer receivers, several from places like Alabama, JoJo Earl being probably the, the most notable and a handful of offensive linemen. So I don't know. I really have no idea what to expect out of this game. The only thing I will say is that if I'm betting on one thing, I'm betting on consistency, even though there's new faces for TCU, this is a program that has the same head coach year over year, has a lot of at least, but certainly more players that are the same than Colorado's. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I'm personally going to say that I think TCU covers this. I think it's a 20 and a half point spread uh, somewhat easily. Yeah, that feels right. And they might still not be good. Exactly. And all that can be true. Um, We'll see. Colorado's a really tough schedule. So um, one game at a time, but you take a look at it. It's like, dude, two wins is that's in play. Uh, Boise State at Washington. Uh, Washington, a 14.5-point favorite. Notable also because uh, SP Plus would have Boise and Michigan State playing at a neutral site. That would be a 7.5-point favorite for Michigan State. So it's kind of a good indicator in this game um, of how Boise State does. I know it's at Washington. It's a nice little barometer to see if if Washington is like for real, for real, or if they are um inflated because of last year's rating etc interesting thing to watch because we'll do a full-on washington preview in a few weeks but i think the the thing to watch for them will be the defense especially the secondary um i think we all know what to expect on offense it should be pretty electric they're kind of loaded top to bottom great quarterback in panic phoenix um defensive line is pretty stout but don't know a ton about those linebackers and that secondary. So they got a couple transfers there, but if you're if you're looking for indicators of okay, how's Michigan State going to score? Where you know how likely can't is it that they can throw the ball? That's probably the one place to keep an eye out uh, if you're if you're watching this game just to to get a little bit of a uh, advanced preview. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. This is the you know. This is the game that we all tune into, hopefully after an MSU win, and you kind of get to see how the, how the rest of the non-con can play out. So, yep. 
Um, moving on, I, let's jump to uh, LSU versus FSU. Mm. Huge game. This one, uh, neutral field. LSU two and a half point favorites. Um, I, I guess I'm just shocked these guys signed up to play each other back to back. And remember how hilarious the end of the game last year was. Yes, I Brian sure. Kelly really botched it, right? And and then strung off. High, and we were all making fun of him because he was coming right off uh, having the the Louisiana accent. Um, but then he turned the, he he turned uh, it around and had a really nice season. Uh, number five in the country and probably rightfully so right so yeah it's it's just, it's gonna be a great game i still weirdly feel like people are not giving lsu the uh the due their their due here in terms of like national championship conversation i mean it's talked you know obviously here georgia is likely three pete michigan's getting thrown in there quite a bit and quite honestly those are like the two main ones you hear about i even you know you hear more about bama despite way more questions than answers at bama uh, I think LSU's right there, man. Uh, Jaden Daniels, again, is another guy who easily could have gone and gotten drafted somewhat early this past year. Uh, he decided to come back. They're returning, I mean, basically all of their clutch skill players, a lot of their offensive line. Um, they got some great defensive transfers in the portal. Omar Spates from Arizona State, Zai Alexander, who's uh, from a, a smaller school, but Denver Harris, one of the AM former high four stars. I mean, there's, and I'm missing some in there too. They, they did a lot of good work defensively. I think it's going to be a very good team. Um, they even got a Bama wide receiver transfer uh, in Aaron Anderson, who, so they kind of, you know, did what Bama did to Georgia a year before that with uh, Burton. So there's, this is as good, I think they have as good a chance as just about anybody to win a national championship, and they're getting slept on. Florida State, I think I have more questions about. Um, you know, fair or not, because they actually did a great job in the portal, too. I mean, obviously, we all know Keon Coleman, but Jaheim Bell from South Carolina was an awesome player. Johnny Wilson, who's obviously was a transfer from Arizona State two years ago, awesome skill player. Trey Benson's one of the better running backs. For me, it's whether that offensive line is up to snuff or not. And I'm not sure from day one if they're going to be ready to go against a front that like they're going to see in LSU's, even though Mason Smith won't be playing and he's probably the best defensive player LSU has, period. I just still have my questions about whether they're going to be be ready for that. So I'm banking on LSU here because I trust their quarterback a little bit more, even though Jordan Travis is, is kind of like this sexy, dark horse Heisman guy. I, I'm sticking with. I'm, I'm sticking with that with uh, the SEC and and Jaden Daniels and LSU in this one. Man, that name still gives me shivers. Uh, I I don't like it either. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, like you said, LSU is just um, I they've kind of been forgotten almost. Exactly. Uh, I almost had that I would say national conversation. Not even this year. I think you know we've all just acknowledged. Yes, they had that incredible year, and and it was electric and they're just still a second tier program you know it's hard a- right? i mean listen you're competing with bama bama yep. dynasty and then you even upend them and then georgia comes along and puts together back-to-back national championships such as life in the sec if you're not a national champion mm-hmm. you're gonna get overlooked but you know they've I think they've got everything that that you need to step up and be a part of that conversation, like earnestly this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously this is a great indicator of if they're for real or not. And then on Monday, another special treat, uh, one more game. Uh, number nine, Clemson, 13-point favorites, heading to Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham, North Carolina, to play Duke in football. And <laughs> you might know, not know this, but uh, Duke has another – I know you know this. Duke <laughs> has another uh, NFL prospect at quarterback, and I don't know how they're doing it. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me, personally. Maybe it's the – it's got to be the Cutcliffe thing but he's yeah. not even the guy there anymore now it's mike elko who came from texas a&m again this is they won nine games last year i know like this is not a bad team i hate saying it about duke i do not enjoy giving duke any credit in any sport but i think people are sleeping on this one i think the clemson brand is doing a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to mm-hmm. how people are looking at the outcome of this game i think the line is at 13 maybe even 13 and a half right now on the road i mean against what you could argue is the better quarterback like listen yeah. i know kate klubnik was you know number one or two quarterback in his class played as a true freshman all that stuff but we can't pretend like he was you know blowing the doors off as a true freshman despite getting the job over Uwe Ungalale. uh so i i don't know i'm i think there's there's some serious uh Serious holes in the boat at Clemson, and I don't think they're as loaded defensively as they they have been historically. So, it, I'll go on the record and say that I actually think Duke is going to win this game straight up. So, <laughs> best the, the best part of this for me is that there there's no reputation that I can like besmirch here. <laughs> this is a no lose proposition for me. So I'm I'm going on the record. I think Duke's gonna win this game. I like you calling your shot though. That's pretty great. Yeah. Um I know it's great. All right. So moving to the Big Ten here. Um we start here on Thursday. We're starting over back at the beginning of the week. Back in starting off with Big Ten play. Conference play out of the gate with the Cornhuskers traveling to Minnesota. And Minnesota the Covers are a seven point favorite here. A little surprised by that, just because of a little bit of the juice in Nebraska, and we always just seem to hype them up every year, even if they stink, which they always do. <laughs> but you know, we always just kind of talk ourselves into it because it's like they do have talent. Like, there's it's not great, but it's it's there. Um, they should be performing better than the records that they have. That's for sure, considering the talent they have. Um, what do you think? Uh, it's per- a perfect start to the Big Ten play, I would say. Yeah, because you have two of the bigger, honestly, unknowns in the entire conference uh, in in these two teams. I mean, Matt Rule coming back to college, you would think is kind of unequivocally a uh, a good thing for Nebraska. But um, you just don't know. Like, this is another team where it's a million different new faces. Uh, they've got a new quarterback in Jeff Sims, who's a transfer from – Georgia Tech, you know, not necessarily a quarterback hub, but right. people seem to be pretty excited about him. Um, they also got Eric Gilbert, the tight end from like four different schools, who is still somehow unanimously people are like, if he ever figures it out, he's a first round pick. Um, they, they pulled in three different offensive linemen, a handful of defenders. But I mean, you just whenever there's this much turnover, you just don't know what to expect. But you got to give Matt Rule a little bit of benefit of the doubt. For us. Even though it didn't work in Carolina, 
He did do pretty damn good things at Baylor. So you can't really – there's a reason he got hired by the NFL. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Matt Rule was one of the best college coaches uh, that decade. You look at – you know, he was at Temple before that and won. And you know how hard it is to win at Temple? Like, impossible. So um, – I need to invoke Anthony Russo. That's right. He made him popular. Um, so anyway, you know, goes to Baylor, has an electric uh, couple years there, th- those offenses. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's a great coach. P.J. Flex, he's really been there a long time now. It's like really his program for full. So Yeah, I, I just don't know what to think about Minnesota. I mean, the, the, the thing here is that they have a new quarterback for, I, I think, actually the first time in the PJ yes. era. So that's going to be fascinating because you just have no idea if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, she, we just really have no idea. What I do know is Chris Ottman Bell is back for like his 14th college season. Exactly. Um, they got a couple of recruits from Western Michigan and Sean Tyler and Corey Crooms, both of who are pretty good. And there's a, uh, a name you want to remember, draft Knicks, probably have already familiar, but their tight end Brevin Span Ford is uh, big. I think he's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and is listed you know, among some of the more interesting names at the skill positions uh, in the upcoming draft. I, I just don't know what to think. Like I, I would typically give the edge here to a team like Minnesota because they are under the same tutelage that they've been, but I just don't know. I really, this is a tough one to call. I don't think I would pick Minnesota to cover, but I do think that they'll win this game. But I just okay. don't know. This is another one where the if the rule thing has been going well in the offseason, Nebraska might come out and get all the hype in the world again. I'm not sure. Well, I can tell you that with certainty that Minnesota's quarterback is not hashtag good. <laughs> so because if he was, he would have get taken out Tanner Morgan years ago. That is correct. So uh, that happened. But Minnesota, like we said, they, they've they kind of like the TCU thing, not comparing the programs, but like in that they are, they are going to take consistency over, um, you know, this new, all new things at Nebraska, especially when it's a home game. Yep. So yeah, I'll take Minnesota to cover in this one. All right. Um, all right. Moving on Saturday, uh, noon slate, uh, Michigan, 36-point favorites over the Eastern Carolina Pirates. Seen this movie a million times, except for this one has self-imposed suspensions for reasons that not everyone's divulging, but I don't know, man. I don't care. Hey, I have <laughs> I to say, if there's, one, if there's one thing that I begrudgingly really respect about the Michigan football program it is their basically refusal to be shamed into scheduling difficult non-conference <laughs> opponents. Like, they do it sometimes. Don't get me wrong. We all remember them playing Bama. I remember it very well. I remember them playing Utah once upon a time. Lost. Lost. I also remember what happened in those games, and I can see why. They're like, you know what? We don't want to do that anymore. We're good. We uh, we don't like losing on the national stage early on. So they do this. Um, it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter. Michigan's probably going to come damn close to covering, if not – easily covering it does not matter that harbaugh is not the coach at all uh and so yeah this will be what it's going to be i think if you're a michigan fan you're just excited to see what some of these backups look like hopefully in the in the second half but um yeah i just 
I have to say, I, I begrudgingly do sort of admire just the like, you know what? No, it doesn't <laughs> matter to us. We're just gonna we're gonna go humiliate some people. Oh, and we won't be leaving our dorms for the next seven <laughs> weeks either. So yeah, again, I just kudos right. to them for being so self aware. They do take on Texas and Oklahoma over the next four years. So do they? They do. That'll okay. be interesting. I am very much looking forward to those games. Absolutely. Um, all right, moving forward here, uh, Iowa, uh, <laughs> 25-point favorite over Utah State. That number mm-hmm. uh, is should be familiar to you because they will need to win 25 uh, by 20, uh, score 25 points for Brian Ferentz to maintain his mandatory points per game average to keep his job. So <laughs> every game is a must watch for me. Oh, and yeah, that, that makes this prime time viewing, um, especially knowing that I believe uh, Eric all and Cade McNamara might actually, if not mm-hmm. miss this game, not play mm-hmm. a ton. So the, the Ferentz meter getting hot right off the bat Dude, a 13 to 3 win would just be oh god i'd be so drugs happy. like i want to watch i i need it i Football need will never have been more back than that <laughs> moment well people just watching uh, usc fans freak out about alex grinch and i was just like yep here we are you know i know this i know this twitter timeline i'm familiar i like it yeah it's like are you really ready for the big 10 <laughs> are you sure <laughs> so you can't wait for this one yeah vegas saying yeah we think iowa could win 25 to nothing yes we believe that so. <laughs> oh yes that's the good stuff right there uh purdue hosting fresno state purdue a three and a half point favorite i'm sorry that's just very unserious to me that is just an yeah. unserious thing that's uh they got a new head coach, did they not? Yes. Yeah. Right? It's their old defensive coordinator. Am I remembering that correctly? Or is it Illinois' defensive coordinator? Illinois. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, Ryan you know, Walters. Ryan Walters. That's right. Um, they're lucky Jake Hayner's not there. Let's say that. Is it also another quarterback at, at this program for the first time in seemingly forever? Uh, it's probably going to be Hudson Card, the Texas transfer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Will be. Who is not bad, by the way? Not at all. I, I don't. I mean, listen, it's, it's nothing he can do about Quinn Ewers transferring there. You know, there's, you know, I think uh, they, realistically, they they should be just very Purdue this year mm-hmm. in that, you know, kind of a good offense, probably a bad defense, not really going to scare anybody. And lose some stupid games to some stupid team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's or, or you know they'll they'll kid uh, Purdue will just carry on Purdueing. Uh, absolutely. So what we're saying is maybe watch this game because this could be a game that they lose and still win seven games. And you're like, what? if you had only just not been dumb, you yeah. could have had a real year. <laughs> All right. Next day, uh, or excuse me, in the afternoon, we jump to Ohio State at Indiana. Always tough when you. <laughs> Or a thirty-point underdog in a conference game, Austin. But um, frisky yeah. Indiana is only frisky to teams like Michigan State anymore. Dude, being a, a thirty-point in-conference dog at home is tough. That's tough, man. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm tuning in for that one. I'll be honest. If I'm if I'm an Indiana fan, I'm unfortunately for them waiting for basketball season, which is yeah, also a, a dicey proposition. Now I will say this. Again, we're talking a lot about the transfers, but these are the new faces you're going to have to look out for. 
I think they might have gotten a quarterback. Now, will it matter? Ultimately, I don't know. But they got Taven Jackson, who is the former four-star recruit who uh, was committed to Tennessee. He was only a true freshman last year. So I don't know if ultimately he's going to win the job here. I believe he's they've nothing to lose by not giving it to him. Mm-hmm. But um, they, they might have, you know, that that's the type of talent that at that position that you just doesn't end up uh, staying in places like Indiana, Michael Penix, uh, all that often. So could be a, a coup there for for Tom Allen. Not going to matter in this game. I right. think the Never more. Yeah, more fascinating storyline is who's going to play for Ohio State and how many touchdowns they're going to let Marvin Harrison score before he yep. hangs it up. You know what's interesting is, like, Indiana has all but regressed um, back to almost when well, – a little bit better than when he took over. And, like, maybe it's just an impossible hill to climb. You know, who we certainly know how difficult it is. Yeah. So can't imagine how much harder it is for them. So um, obviously you almost have to kind of stick with someone for a long time and just kind of like hope you Pat Fitzgerald it out. Um, obviously not the off the field. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, no. you know, like you, you had to stick with a guy, you know, almost. And, and because churning a new guy every three years, it's just not going to work. Like, yeah. So, I, you know, I do get that they're committed to it. I was telling my neighbor who um, he played football and baseball at Indiana and we were talking and I was, I was, we were talking NFL and I was complaining that, you know, the lions open up of, you know, we're finally happy about a, a decent season or a promising season. And of course we have to open up with at the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, we couldn't even like start off with a, like a cupcake or a game that we could probably win. Um, he's like, I don't want to hear that. It's like, <laughs> I'm having people over to watch my team lose by 30 <laughs> to Ohio State out of the gate. You can't feel good about anything after your first game being Ohio State. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's the school of thought where it literally can't get worse than this, but finding yourself in that position immediately just sucks. That's yeah. just bad. You know how bad you are immediately. There's no question. It's like we are bad. Damn it's it. also just like the most stark example of like this is what like this is what you have to be to win it all, and we are so exactly – 30 points away <laughs> from being like approaching that level. It's yeah, it's going to be pretty disheartening. I don't think, by the way, these are the programs Michigan state hopefully stays out of this, but these are the programs that are going to be in the toughest spot once the big 10 consolidates and, and the, or well expands, I should say, um, because man, it's just, it, it's just going to be tough. Like, I don't, I just don't know how you get and keep great players at a program like that. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see long ways to go, but yeah, uh, probably not going to be a great Saturday for Indiana fans. Ohio state hasn't lost Indiana since 1988. Jeez Louise. 27 game win streak against them since uh, 1991. I think it says so. Wow. <laughs> Come on. All right. Moving along. Uh, Buffalo at Wisconsin, Wisconsin, a 28 point fave. Um, only difference in making this interesting is they will be winning by 28 in a much different way than you're accustomed to Wisconsin winning by 28. Yeah. So worth watching. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Phil Longo, uh, if you're, he's the offensive coordinator there now. If you've watched North Carolina play Drake May and, and company the last few years, that's Phil Longo. Um, it is almost literally couldn't be more diametrically opposed to the way that Wisconsin has played ever 
Uh, so it's going to be fascinating. Again, you want to talk about transfers. This team is absolutely loaded with them, especially in the offense, especially at the skill positions. Uh, Tanner Mordecai is one of probably going to win the job. Well, he's definitely going to win the job. He's one of three uh, offseason quarterback transfers to to come in, including Sawyer Robertson, who's a, a sophomore from Mississippi State, and Nick Evers, who was actually once upon a time a very good recruit for Oklahoma. So uh, Mordecai comes from SMU, but has by far the most experience uh, of that group. I think he's the only one to actually play, and he's played quite a bit. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's just going to be so different. They also got a couple of really good wide receivers, including CJ Williams, who was a kid from uh, USC. Again, once upon a time, like a, four, a high four star level kind of skill position guy, which is that that's it's such mm-hmm. a stark difference, not only in style, but just in talent. Like we never yep. seen those guys go to Wisconsin that aren't running backs in forever. And they still have what you could very easily argue is one of the two to three best running backs in the conference of Braylon Allen. So I think they're going to be a lot of people's pick to win that division, rightfully so, uh, partially because there's really no other choice, but also because they're they're going to be fun to watch. So they'll be pretty good. Be an interesting game. Yeah, um, getting way ahead of myself, but the Big Ten championship game could be more aesthetically pleasing than usual. So <laughs> it almost has to be. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, moving forward, Towson at Maryland. I just I have nothing to say about this game except for like I've decided I don't care for Maryland. Any, I agree with that. Any of it. It is. It is. There's nothing that is like even remotely uh, appealing to me. Like there's there's a little bit of charm with Northwestern. I think there's like the jokes that come with Iowa. Um, Minnesota is never serious, so you don't have to worry. Purdue is always going to be a trash fire. You know, like I just have nothing nice to say about Maryland. Like I don't like them. I don't know why. I'm being irrational, but that's it. Yeah. They just don't really fit. No, they don't. And I'm being exclusionary right now. Yeah. I Well, right. You're being elitist, as as you are <laughs> uh, allowed to do as a as longtime Big Ten member. Uh, I don't disagree with with your stance. They're just never serious. I think that's really yeah. what it boils that's down That's why it bothers to. me. I don't anticipate them being too serious this year, even with, you know, Tua Jr., uh, back, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I another guy who probably could have gone and gotten drafted, but yep. you know, came back instead. Probably ultimately to win seven games. Like, cool yeah. man. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I, I I don't know. That's if I can be vulnerable for a moment. It worries me that Michigan State's going to turn into that type of program where mm-hmm. you just watch them on the field. Like the in my worst case scenario, it's. They have talent and it just never makes a difference because they're so undisciplined and they just make stupid mistakes and shoot themselves in the foot and like kind of show fun stuff from time to time, put some guys in the bigs. I think you're describing the same old Spartans. I am describing. Yes, that is exactly what I'm describing. You know what? That that is exactly what Maryland is. Wow. Finally, we finally got there. That is exactly what they are. Oh, that sucks so bad. (laughs) They're never going to win the big game. Oh, they can't do it. God. They have some nice stuff. It's cute. Yeah, they're just not that for me. That sucks so bad because that's exactly what they are. Oh, man. <laughs> that's brutal. Flashback right. city. That's their problem and not ours. West yeah. Virginia heads to Happy Valley. That's a problem for them. Um, <laughs> Penn State a 20 and a half point favorite against, you know, uh, 
a reasonable Big 12 program. That's that's a lot of love for the Nittany Lions, but I think it's probably deserved. I, for one, welcome the Drew Aller rant. Yeah, we've been talking about it for years. Man. I am so ready to watch, to have everyone else see what I have seen. Uh, and I think if he comes out and plays the way that he can, that Penn State's going to jump right. Like, I think right now people are see, saying that they're running a clear third to Michigan and Ohio State. I don't know, man. I think I like if, – if Aller is what I think he is, I like them more than I like Ohio State. I'll be honest. Uh, they're, they're loaded across the board, and uh, I don't see any reason why they can't hang with the best of them in this conference this year. But it's st- it all starts with this game. I think you'll see, like, if their defense can't really hold up in this one, then I might retract what I just said. But for the time being, I'm, I'm going to stick by it. Uh, fun player to watch alert, C.J. Donaldson running back for uh, West Virginia is huge and very fast and very fun. I think he was originally recruited as a tight end, but played running back last year as a true freshman. Lines up a receiver, like super weird, fun player. You know, Penn State's um, looking up at LSU as it relates to national conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. and tier of program uh, as at least national championship contention of late. Uh, Like we were saying, they both got to feel pretty good about this year being an actual possibility. Um, they know that they absolutely need to win one of Ohio State and Michigan, but you don't necessarily have to win both. Uh, Ohio State proved it last year. Exactly. So, um, you know, tall task, no doubt. But it's not like when LSU had to, you know, cut off every head in the SEC to win it all. Yep. Um, there, there's a path. So, and they might have the guy to do it, like you said. Yeah, I think Penn State in the exact same boat. I like both those teams. I think this is as wide open as we've gotten in, in many years in terms of who's going to win the national championship. And both of those teams should feel feel like they got it as good a shot as anybody. That's right. Uh, all right, shifting gears about teams that do not have a shot. Toledo heads to Illinois. And mm-hmm. I just typed, like I looked and saw they were playing Toledo at home. And I was like, this just smells like an Ope game. <laughs> like it just feels already out of the gate that like, unless Brett or Bert, excuse me, is yeah. able to instill some form of like um, consistency at that program. I kind of need to see it to believe it, to be honest, because Illinois is makes same old Spartans look good, you know? Oh, yeah. So I, I need to see a little bit more and I would not be shocked to see him just stumble on their face out of the gate just because. Yeah, I think a fascinating one here will be um, how their quarterback play looks. Luke Altmaier is probably going to win the job. Uh, kid who transferred from Ole Miss, former four-star recruit, becoming quite a theme here. Uh, the strength is is their line play. And one guy to look out for if you do want to watch Illinois this season is uh, Jerzon Newton, the defensive lineman being floated as again a first round type of mm-hmm. type of talent but they're replacing a lot i mean sydney brown has gone in the secondary devin witherspoon was a top five pick especially for a program like illinois it's not easy to replace talent like that um, right. it's not for anybody but especially like a, a program that doesn't get that talent very often so we'll see yeah this this is the year that either cements illinois as a maybe a a frisky frisky ish program or mm sends us right back to reality where okay. you're like, okay, that was a fun season you had. 
they'll look at it as fondly as they do that basketball season two decades ago. That is exactly right. Um, Northwestern at Rutgers on Sunday by itself. The grand finale. The best is held for last. Um, Northwestern with a new head coach. Rutgers, Austin. Rutgers, a five and a half point favorite in a conference game. That is rare. I, I mean, that's how extreme the issues are at uh-huh. the Western team is uh, Rutgers is actually favored in the game. Um, I have no idea what to expect. I mean, it's just no clue. First time, you know, Northwestern's had to deal with with any type of new leadership in almost two decades. Uh, they lost some of their best true freshmen of the transfer portal already. Guys who probably would have played a little bit. Their offensive lineman, Skaronsky, last year went high. They're, they're replacing, again, kind of similar to Illinois, uh, high-round talent. Uh, Adebayore, or the defensive lineman last year, was high pick. So, And this team was terrible. They mm-hmm. were like, they won what? They won one game last year? And they Not have- in America, if I recall correctly. That's right. That's right. Overseas. No domestic wins. They're looking to snap that streak. Uh, so that's, yeah, certainly a nice little storyline. I, I got nothing, man. This is going to be, you, this is one of those sicko games where if you watch this, you should really evaluate some things. You know, I say all that to say I will be watching. Oh, yeah, same. And you know what happens in this game? I'm ready to declare it. Yes. Rutgers passes Northwestern out of the basement of the Big Ten. You think they formally put Northwestern in, into the trash heap? Until, yes, just because of the insanity of the situation they have right now. I do not care about the past uh, wins in conference uh, championship appearance. Uh, there's a lot of bad, and we just saw one in Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but Rutgers hasn't been as bad as under uh their new head coach or Greg Schiano, new slash the once in the once in former head coach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, like records in this one, probably pretty easily. Um, consistency again, it's just easier to, to circle that. Um, man, exciting to have so many of those games and that doesn't like not even a quarter of them, um, coming up. Um, maybe we should uh, jump into the position unit preview. We we missed last week, so we'll quickly go through the defensive backs and special teams. Again, saving the most insane and um, hard to watch for last. Uh, <laughs> unsure why we did that. But, um, you know, I hope it has to be better than last year. Um, I would say these two specific position groups control the uh, floor and ceiling of this team. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, I agree. Um, gosh, I don't even know where to start, man. I think there's there's part of me that's genuinely excited about, specifically the secondary. Mm. Um, okay. Because if you look at, and I'm not necessarily saying it's going to come to fruition right off the bat, but if you look at Mel Tucker's first, like, real class of 2022 the first one where you're like okay he's he's taking real steps here the highlight of that class for the most part was here in the secondary and a lot of those guys are going to be the faces that you see 
playing this fall. You could have as many as three or four starters all from just that group. We're talking Caleb Coley, Dylan Tatum almost definitely going to start, Jaden Mangum almost definitely going to start. Um, Coley's not in that position, but is is going to get snaps. What about Malik Jones. Spencer? Malik Spencer, exactly. Uh, another guy who's definitely going to play Malcolm Jones. I mean, that's five guys from the same class who all are going to factor into this playing group. That's exciting because that's actual somewhat depth. On top of that, you do still have the returning kind of upperclassmen in Chester Kimbrough, who we've obviously seen flaws in his game. Charles Brantley, kind of the same. Angelo Gross, kind of the same. So you've got that upper tier, you know, like upper class type of talent. But the bottom line is they're not going to play. Marky Lowry, another name. They're not going to play if they're not up to snuff because Michigan State finally has some depth to push them. Not only those guys, they also went out on the transfer market, brought in three secondary players, including Terry Roberts of uh, Iowa's very good defense a year ago. He was briefly a Miami Hurricane and then came up to Michigan State. Samar Melvin from Wisconsin. Guys that have played in very talented defenses. I think Roberts is kind of a sneaky big addition for this defense. He was really good at Iowa um, and was a pretty heralded transfer when he was going to Miami. Uh, so now for MSU to kind of snatch him up on the rebound is I don't think, pretty big. I don't think Ruiz, uh, our boy Ruiz is a uh, check cleared and I'm not uh, even kidding. I think that's probably yeah. what happened, right? Yeah. I'd be a real shame if that happened for some other big recruits in Michigan state whiffed on this past year. Be a real shame. If that if that happened. Um, but yeah, Roberts is, you know, again, maybe maybe it's by happenstance or, you know, a bounce check, but uh, a great break in Michigan State's favor, I think, especially in the short term, um, you know, looking at him as kind of a free agent acquisition. I, I think there's a lot to like here. Amarion Smith, another name they added from Cincinnati. Cincinnati had the big, um, you know, kind of everybody leaving moment when fickle mm-hmm. left so he came to michigan state some other names that are freshmen that are exciting as well uh eddie pleasant chance rucker sean brown philip davis probably won't hear a lot from them but even before we got to them there's 11 or 12 really like i know this sounds stupid but like playable bodies that at michigan state didn't really have last year if you look up and down the roster at who was playing it was a lot of justin white it was uh i think uh Khaled Majid was playing a lot. Like, it's just not a great, it, it just was in a bad situation. And the, um, you know, the incident in the tunnel hit that group in particular pretty hard. So I, I think this group probably goes through some growing pains and some phasing out of upperclassmen talent that might play more snaps right away than they end up playing long term down, you know, over the course of the mm-hmm. season. But I think long term, this is actually one of the position groups to get uh, the most excited about because it is young, highly talented, former solid, like very good recruits. So a lot, I, I'm optimistic, but also openly acknowledge that there's probably some some growing pains. One one thing to say, though, is if you look at the schedule, which I'm going to pull up now because I don't remember it all the way through. Jump ahead. I'm just saying when you point like, okay, if there's one thing it's okay to have in college football, it's probably a shaky secondary, right? Yeah, you're saying there are not too many quarterbacks that can beat you. You're just not facing that many great quarterbacks, especially. We are. Well, well, in the first half of the schedule, you're not. Sure, 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 sure. Penix, say what you want about Tua, maybe. I'm not calling Cade McNamara that. Those are the three guys in weeks three, four, and five you're playing that you really worry about. 
past that, it's J.J. McCarthy and, you know, Aller and whoever's playing for Ohio State. You're going to get great talent from that team no matter what. So, and, you know, listen, with it's back half of the season. You hope things are going a little bit better for that group than they were before. I also think this group benefits from a much better front seven than last year's benefited from. So I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic, but also expecting some some sure. not great things to happen as well. That's okay. You know, I think of it like, you remember the Pawn Stars meme where they're like, um, I go in and I asked for a good secondary and he they were like, best I can do is bad secondary, but young. Yeah. Young. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, okay. You know, I That's can't. Different. Beggars can't be choosers here. No, so, certainly can't. Yeah, it's, and, and, you know, to kind of put a, a bow on this one, you know, um, we said about what I was saying about the floor and the ceiling, like if they hit their ceiling and we'll give what those are at the end of the episode, it's because this team, this specific unit was a, a pleasant surprise. Um, right. Because um, I don't think we're expecting much from them regardless. No, I, I don't know that this is the weakest position group, but it's it might be the most uh, untested. I also would be interested to see where some of these guys end up. I want like in particular guys like Malik Spencer, who you brought up. I think there's kind of like a lack in the linebacking group specifically of like guys who can really cover receivers well. Yeah. And while Spencer isn't huge, he's kind of the closest thing they have to a sort of a dual back or you know kind of a, a split guy so i wouldn't be surprised to see him drop down a little bit and you know just some guys get deployed in maybe more creative ways uh up closer to the box so i can tell you if you're a defensive back looking to play for michigan state all you got to do is hit if you can hit you're going to find a way onto the field this year pretty much um moving on to the special teams we hope that they hit at a better rate uh at least from the field goal and kickoff uh, areas man it was not good last year austin um and they'll also be replacing the uh, man the best punter in the history of michigan state football like yep who officially made the new, new england patriots today by the way dude that doesn't have you don't draft well phil belichick he just gets it man yeah all know her when he was going there, when he got drafted by the Patriots, you're like, oh, I think he's actually going to make the team. Oh, yeah. Um, you don't do that for no reason. They know he's legit. So, yeah, we get to replace that. Um, and you bring on Jonathan Kim, transfer from North Carolina, uh, who was uh, above average in um, touchbacks and uh, much more consistent than anything we saw out of the special teams last year um, from field goal range. So I'm still going to hold my breath um, every every single snap these guys are on the field. Yeah, I, I think even, people probably overlook how, A, important the punting actually was for Michigan State last year because of how not great the offense was, obviously played an outsized role, but also just how like how universally bad the kicking was touchbacks are not a small deal like right. especially in college when you're probably playing backups for the most part on the, the kick returns or the, the kick coverage in particular like in the nfl you typically won't have too many like super dedicated special teams guys you'll actually play like real obviously top-notch athletes but in college, especially a program like Michigan State, you're—I mean, it's—it's it's depth dudes that are out there, and so if you're making them have to make plays, 
you're not putting them in the best position to succeed. Whereas if you can even have 70%, 80% be touchbacks, huge, huge, huge deal. And that's where I think Kim hopefully will will make a, a big step up. I think from a lining up to take actual field goals perspective, I don't know if it can get any worse than it was last year. So, you know, again, we find ourselves here now. Um, so that that's not great. I think Eckley is the punter. Like, it's always going to be step back, but hopefully that isn't, you know, horribly impactful, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Awesome. Dude. That's all I can say. Uh, we have a returning long snapper, which is good news. And then um, interesting, we'll have a new punt returner, kick returner combo. Absolutely. A lot of people thinking Tyrell Henry and Alante Brown uh, will be candidates in those positions. So um, would love to some contributions there as well. That would be a, a nice surprise. Yeah, I think Henry in particular has a chance to be pretty electric in this position. Uh, Alante Brown, by the way, since the time that we discussed wide receivers, has apparently been quite good. Uh, and people are saying he's going to be kind of a lock as the wide receiver, too, on this okay. team. Okay. That's exciting. I think we should be excited about that. Maybe. It's certainly worked out, I guess you could say. Like, you needed – I was hoping that, in my best-case scenario, he was not a lock for number two because we, they were better than that. Well, John. Well, we're not. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Um, speaking of here we are, we are here to game week. As we, Anything else you want to say about the special teams and the defensive backs before we nope, go? Nope. I hope I don't know any of their names except I for love the it. Turner. Exactly. Exactly. The jumps us ahead to the Friday night uh, game against Central Michigan, 6 o'clock uh, Central time, 7, I believe, Eastern. Sorry, we're from Chicago, or we live here yeah. anyway. From a gambling perspective, uh, MSU a 14.5-point favorite. Um, we'll get to that line in a, in a bit, but computers are feeling MSU uh, about an 88% chance at winning here. I average out m- many of them. Last year, Central went 4-8. and eight. Really disappointing year because I think they were a little bit on the upswing with um, Shark Boy at head coach, uh, Jim McElwain. Yes. But... Um, Right now, they're projected to be in the middle of the pack of the Mac West again. So um, they're looking to get back on track as, in many ways, the same Michigan State is. Yeah. They replace a lot of, or they, they have to replace a lot of, uh, I know it's difficult to say about a team like Central Michigan, but like, especially one that wasn't particularly great on offense, but they're p- replacing their best player in Lou Nichols, who was a running back. Um, that's going to be difficult for them. Their quarterback, who um, replaced Daniel Richardson, who transferred to Florida Atlantic, his name is Jace Bauer, only threw one touchdown in five picks once he actually got to play. Yeah. Um, there's a potential wild card in Burt Emanuel Jr., uh, who is pretty much a, a runner. He ran for almost 500 yards and seven touchdowns in the last four games. He's actually scored three touchdowns and at 293 yards against Buffalo. So it, listen, it's, I think if you're looking for one thing in this game, it's if you're central, you're going to try to get him on, you know, involved and in, in on the move there. Um, they lost their top wide receiver and their top two tight ends and another wide receiver. It's just, they're replacing a ton. What the strength of central is, is they have a few good 
pretty darn good uh, defensive players, even though even though they lost Thomas Incombe, the linebacker, uh, to the NFL, kind of the edge player. They do have uh, one of the Mac's best corners in Dante Kent. So he should, uh, if I'm Noah Kim or Caden Hauser, I would just probably just stay away from him, period. Um, and that's kind of all we know about Central. They're not going to be a good offensive team. They should be okay defensively. At the end of the day, when you zoom out, Michigan State should cover this spread. I don't care how bad the offense it was last year, the fact you have new faces. Like you said, John, this is a 4-8 and eight MAC team. You're playing them at home. You should win this game. You're a much more talented team. That's, that said, mm-hmm. look at Michigan State. Yep. There's a lot of questions to be answered here. I think I'm most excited to watch this game just to have an understanding of what, what the hell is going to happen. Who's going to start at quarterback? My money is on Noah Kim, although I very much expect to see Caden Hauser play a decent amount in this game. That's topic number one. Topic number two is what does the offensive line look like? If they struggle to run the ball in this game, it's going to get ugly this year. I could say that very confidently. And then on defense, can you contain uh, can you contain Emmanuel on the other side? And can you keep them from scoring points? This is not going to be a good offensive team. They have obviously one kind of different thing than other teams, but even so, it it's not going to be a great team. So can you come out, can you play disciplined, maybe even more than any of that other stuff? Can you just look like you know what's going on? Because there were so <laughs> many moments last year where that was just yep. not the case. So yeah. play clean, win in the trenches, kind of do, honestly, not to the extent, but what Notre Dame did against Navy. I don't think we're going to have anybody be Sam Hartman, but just – do what you're supposed to do. And I think we can all go to bed feeling a lot better on Friday night because this is, aside from Richmond, probably the second worst team Michigan State is going to play all season. So you, you got to gotta make an impression. And you got to do it quick. Yeah, you kind of nailed it. It's, it's going to learn probably everything we need to know about the team in week one, don't you think? I mean, outside of if there would be a quarterback change. Yeah. But, you know, that you're going to know pretty clearly you know if they are going to be the year's going to be like last year kind of a struggle or if there's um, potential hope that they took us a step forward so um, with that uh, I guess we can we can jump to our season expectations here Mm -hmm. as as we come down only a few days away from this kickoff Austin before we give our answers, where does Michigan State stack up from a talent perspective um, in the Big Ten? So it's a, it's a funny answer, John, because it's higher than you think in the entire conference. I have them slated right around fifth, um, which people are probably thinking is absurdly high, just given what the product they saw on the field last year. But if you look at the conference as a whole, top to bottom, based on who recruits were, like where they were ranked, all this stuff, you pretty much have Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan all clearly a step ahead. After that, it's a tier of probably Wisconsin, Michigan State, Nebraska, and then maybe Iowa sneaking in there. Michigan State's right up there with any of them. 
there, I mean, Nebraska and Wisconsin obviously went through huge changes this past offseason, but they brought in some talent. It's going to be hard for MSU to stay in front of those teams moving forward because they do, especially if they get off the hot start this year, because they have that kind of new coach flair, fun, you know, energy in the program, whereas MSU is arguably heading the other direction. And especially if they come out flat this year, could really be headed in the other direction. The issue with all of this is that three of those, you know, call it four teams that are actually on top of them, if you uh, include Wisconsin in that group, are all in their division. So even though they're the fifth most talented team in the conference, fourth in the division makes things very difficult. So, uh, you know, it's on one hand, I think MSU fans should be genuinely excited that the talent level is ticking up on this team pretty steeply. But yeah, it's still a meat grinder, man. It's the Big Ten. It's the Big Ten East. It's it's always going to be tough. Uh, and with you know bringing these other teams in from other conferences, you, it's going to be imperative that this season is at least a positive step forward from a year ago. Because if you flatten out or head the wrong direction now, as those other teams come into the conference, I mean, you put yourself in some treacherous waters as a program very very quickly. They're not there yet, though. Not there yet. We have this is a this is a big year, like you said, that you have to take a step forward, or it it just almost becomes not to the level of impossible that Indiana is facing. But he, you've lost you've lost all of the mo from the eleven win season. Yeah, I would say that might already be gone. So this is the new you know this is year will determine the momentum of the program. I think they're at zero right now. Um, so with that computer average projections um took a look at a bunch of them and averaged them out and they're not loving michigan state getting to a bowl game yeah thinking 5.75 wins overall um not necessarily you know everyone circles washington penn state michigan and, and ohio state as you know obviously the toughest and most likely losses but you know, you've also got at Iowa, which last time I checked, not an easy place to go in and win. And at Minnesota and at Indiana. And I know it's Indiana, but I, you lost to him last year. So I'm sorry, you don't get the yeah. benefit of the doubt. And at Minnesota, you lost 30 to seven. You got humiliated at home. So, yeah. I mean, like you start to look and you're like, okay, you can see how you get to five scary games quickly and then are you that confident you can win the rest that's a big ask yeah considering what we've seen so what do you think i mean i'm 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 nervous it's a huge year and like you said the the top of the top is as good and as difficult as anybody in the country is going to have to play it's going to separate very quickly i think you will know a lot about this team after four weeks of this season uh, you'll know everything you need to know because you'll play two cupcakes, quote unquote cupcakes, one really good team in Washington and then another good ish team in Maryland. Do you think Maryland gets to pass Michigan State if they win that game? In the Big Ten East? Pro- uh, probably. I mean, why not at that point? I mean, yeah, at this point, they've beaten them a handful of years in a row. Yes, I, I mean, I don't know why they, they – they're, they're at least much more neck and neck than anybody ever would have expected. So I, I think you'll know everything you need to know after those four games. Certainly after you go on the road to Iowa, you'll, you'll definitely know quite a bit. So 
I'm personally still bullish on them being able to find six wins in this schedule and make a bowl game. And I will, or potentially even do better than that. But that on the flip side, the downside is, I mean, if, if, if the brakes, if the wheels really fall off, this is a four win season. And that is a disaster. That's a disaster. An absolute, like, then you can ask all your questions about how much does it cost to buy out Mel Tucker and all those crazy things that sounded cr- so crazy <laughs> just the 11 months ago or whatever it was. Um, now I think people will have those conversations in earnest and all of that good stuff if this truly comes to pass. But, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic it won't. I think they've got enough true just talent. I think that front seven is going to be legitimately very good. And there's enough teams on this schedule that have questions of their own that um, – I think they can get to a bowl game. I think the ceiling is probably eight wins, and that's if a lot of things break, right? Yep. But uh, yep. you don't need to get there. You need to get to a bowl game. I think if you get to seven wins all in, again, including a bowl game, it's not sexy, but you can walk away from this season feeling feeling like you took a positive step uh, forward as, as, a, as a program. And at this point, you got to be okay with that. That's exactly right. It's not what you want to hear, but it's the situation at hand. You, um, I think the most important game on the schedule is actually the Maryland game because yep. um, regardless of how the Washington game goes, you'll know everything, we'll know everything, almost everything we need to know except for can they be consistently beat the teams they should beat. Yep. If you can't beat Maryland at home, um, it tells me that I probably shouldn't have to waste my time with the Ohio State game, the Penn State game, or even the yeah, you know, Michigan game you should watch because anything can happen in that game. That's true. I mean, that's just it, though. The Maryland one really is the one to keep your eye on because you're either c- bouncing back off of a huge unpre- you know, unpredicted uh-huh. win or you're bouncing back off of losing to a good opponent. And if it's a blowout, you're bouncing back off a blowout. If it's a close game, you're bouncing back off a close game. You're right. I think that that one early season is is huge. Make a huge case for at Iowa right after that, too. It's like, can you sustain success? Can you deal with failure? Those are the types of questions Like that I think the, the scariest thing for me is that those are program questions. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if this program has that anymore. Once upon a time, we knew what. We knew the answer to those questions. We don't know that right now. And I think that that is as big a question, maybe the question to answer is, what is this program? This year tells you what that what the program is. I think what you see on the field, what you hear off it, you know, that that's going to tell you what this program is and how you should feel moving forward. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's 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 who we are at that point. You know, if yep. you do it a couple years in a row. Um, I will give a positive, though, you know, as we start to wrap, I think that there's a, um, a really uh, two 2021 type of schedule situation that is developing a bit. Um, not quite the exact same, but like you have a really premier opponent. No one really expects you to beat, but maybe you win. And then there, there are some winnable games in front of you. Then there's an away game, um, your first real test. So there's opportunities here. Um to, to have a little bit of the momentum that we did last time. But yeah, uh, I think we know, we'll start to know everything is, uh, about the season this Friday, though, like we've been saying. I'm ready for it. Good to Hopefully, I'm ready for it. All right, well, strap in. Um, we'll be on t- x.com until it, it burns, I'm sure. No, we're on Twitter. 
And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. So regardless, hopefully we can have a, a dub and then we'll uh, um, coast through the rest of the games and just enjoy them. That's right. I'm excited. John, best of luck this season. I'll be talking to you throughout the entire thing, but everybody, still football. Sit back and enjoy. All right, guys. As always, thanks for sticking with us. For John, this has been Austin. Uh, don't forget about Bet Online, and we'll uh, catch you next time. See ya.